See you tonight. The book of Jonah, right in the middle of the Bible, should be Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Keep going. You're going to find the little book of Jonah. And uh, most of you that are with us on Wednesday nights, you know that we have been looking at this little book. If you find Micah, you've gone too far. Jonah chapter number 3. I think that probably of those last 12 books of the Old Testament, they're all called minor prophet books, probably this book of Jonah is the most familiar of all of those. And we know that uh, Jonah here is, uh, he's been called by God. He's a prophet. He's a preacher. And he's been called by God to go preach in Nineveh. And uh, he doesn't want to do that. Instead of preaching in Nineveh, he runs the other way, gets on a boat and heads off uh, the other direction. He goes to hide in the bottom of the boat. And uh, yet God knows where he's at. And God changes that wind, uh, changes it to a hurricane of sorts, and that whole ship is just being tossed aside, and people are trying everything they can to bring safety. Finally, they throw Jonah overboard. Now, that solved their problem, but it didn't solve Jonah's problem, because Jonah still wasn't right with God. His heart still wasn't made right and so what we find there, look there in Jonah chapter 1, last verse, verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And we know when Jesus spoke of this over there in Matthew 12, he said it was a whale. So God had a whale swallow Jonah. The Bible says he was in that whale three days and three nights, 72 hours. And during that time, God got a hold of his heart. We would say that Jonah was backslid. And you know, God always has a way of getting the attention of someone who's called on God. And we looked at that uh, last time, how God works in a backslider's life. Uh, we found out that he stirs the remembrance of good times. God helps us to remember how good it was. And that's a great thing. Second thing, he shows us that we're the reason that the blessings are gone. Third thing, he shows us that the repair is found in God. And finally, he provides a rebuke by a godly example. Remember, Jonah convinced himself, I can't. God, I can't do what you're asking me to do. It's impossible. It would take my life to do it. And behind him is that whale that's wheezing because it beached, Jonah likely beached itself, and here this man that's saying, I can't, within eyesight is somebody who can. You know what? You just need to live for uh, God, do what's right. I need to do what's right. When other people say it's impossible to live for God in this day, we just need to be the examples to them. Having said that, preacher, where were we this morning or this evening? I look there in Jonah 3. So we finally reached the halfway point. Jonah chapter 3. And if you would follow as I read beginning in verse 1, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, again, we're thankful for each one that's here. Lord, some might be battling colds and sickness. Some might be on a trip elsewhere. Minister to their hearts where they are, but Lord, help us. Help us as we continue this very familiar little book of Jonah. Help us to get something practical from this. Teach us. May we be open-eared and open-hearted 
I pray that you'd fill me with your spirit and may these words be spirit-directed, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Look there back in Jonah chapter 1. Because what we're reading in Jonah 3 matches Jonah 1. So Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Well, look at Jonah 3, verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. So that's almost identical, 1, 1, and 3, 1. Look at Jonah 1, verse 2. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. That was 1, verse 2. Now look at 3, verse 2. Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So that verse 1 and verse 2 of chapter 1 are almost identical to verse 1 and verse 2 of chapter 3. The difference is verse 3. There in Jonah 1, verse 3. But, remember that word but, always turns things 180 degrees the other way. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he's not going to do what God says to do. Look, but look at chapter 3 and verse 3. So, there's a great difference between living a but life and a so life. Again, chapter 3 and verse 3. So Jonah rose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. So what God told him in chapter 1 and he wouldn't do, God told him again in chapter 3 and now he did do. All of what we read in chapter 3 and chapter 4 happened after this little whale seminary that God put Jonah through. I'm sure that there were likely people in that day, and maybe there are people in our day that would say, because Jonah said no to God, God cannot use Jonah again. There are some people that are of the persuasion that if you have rebelled against God, God has put an X through your name and through your life, and God can never and God will never use you again. There are some people who think that. And do you know when we open this chapter number three, we find that God is prepared to use Jonah again after everything that's happened in chapter one and chapter two. So if you're taking notes tonight, I know that some of you do, would you write this title down, Jonah's After? Jonah's after. I don't know your past, just like you don't know my past. Maybe if you knew my past, you would have never allowed me to be the pastor. Maybe if I knew your past, we would have never wanted you to be in this church. But our God is a God of the second chance. And no matter what your past, my past might be, God is in the business after to do something with your life my life i'm so thankful for that i'd like us to see how god deals with a christian after now if you or i are still in the chapter two still running from god god, god listen god can't use you yet but if you have come to the place where jonah did at the end of chapter two god i'm tired of running Please, God is as interested to use you after 
as God used Jonah after. So again, we're going to look at this thought, Jonah's after. Let's start there in Jonah chapter 3 and verse 1. This ought to be a great encouragement. Whatever your past, God still has great plans. Jonah chapter 3 verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Could I begin by saying that's a great statement? As if you would take this note, we rejoice that God still communicates to Christians after. God still communicates to Christians after. You and I know that sin hinders God from answering our prayers. We know the Bible says, Psalm 66, verse 18, David wrote, if I regard, if I hold on to, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So sin hinders God from hearing us. The Bible says in Isaiah 59, verse 1, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his, God's ear, uh, that it cannot hear, but your sins have hindered him from, and I've totally messed up, it, sin hinders God from hearing, sin hinders God from helping. And so we know from the time that David committed that sin with Bathsheba, we won't turn to it, 2 Samuel 11, it would seem for one year that David tried to hide the sin. If you look over there sometime in Psalm chapter 32 and Psalm chapter 51 and even chapter 53, those chapters were written a year after David's sin. He's finally got his heart right with God. And David acknowledges that he hasn't heard from God in all that time. Say, Pastor, I, I don't know what's happening. I, I don't feel God's answering my prayers. I don't even know if God's hearing my prayers. Maybe there's sin. Maybe it's unconfessed sin. And I'm saying to you, in this period of time, from the time that Jonah in chapter 1, verse 3, said, no, God, until chapter 3 and verse 1, Jonah has not heard from God. He's on his own. But look again in chapter 3 and verse 1. The Bible says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, God is again talking to Jonah. So I say the very first thing, we rejoice that God still communicates with Christians after. Somewhere Jonah, as a prophet, must have said to God, God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll be what you want me to be. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. That's what we call a surrender. And yet here in chapter 1, he said, no, I'm not going to do it. And that, the old timers talked about heaven being like brass. Have you ever heard that kind of statement before? Brass is the idea that my prayers just bounce off of heaven. They, they aren't getting any further. And Jonah felt like that. I, I'm not getting through to God, and, and I'm not hearing from God. Chapter 3 and verse 1, the first thing that we rejoice about Jonah's after is God still communicates with people after. It might be that people won't talk to you. Have you ever disappointed people? Of course, I think everybody can say that. If you've ever disappointed people and, and, and you tried to fix it, you tried to make it right, you know, there are some gracious people that will let you go forward. Thanks for saying that. Go on. Amen. 
there are some other people. It doesn't matter what you say. They are not going to talk to you again. They are not going to communicate to you again. You are no longer coming to the birthday party. You're not going to get an anniversary card for them ever again. Aren't you glad God's not like that? First thing that we find here, uh, uh, we can rejoice about Jonah's after, is we rejoice that uh, God still communicates with Christians after. And again, uh, it was uh, at the time that he fled to Tarshish, another town, another church, another circle of friends. And uh, you know what? He, he complained. I, I'm sure he blamed people. But you know, it's a great thing when you accept the fact, Lord, it's me. Please help me. I know that there's some people who will never forgive. But God will forgive. God will talk to you again. Good news. Let me give you a second thing. Again, I'm giving you C's tonight. First, we rejoice that God still communicates with Christians after. There's a second thing. Look there in Jonah chapter 3 and verse 2. Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. We would call that a call of God on Jonah's life. Now, Jonah had been called before. Look back again at Jonah chapter 1 and verse 2. This is uh, before Jonah ran. Uh, Jonah 1 verse 2, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Jonah should have been uh, ecstatic that God wanted to use him in some way. Folks, it's not a right that God use us. We can't demand that God pick us. We can't make God put us on the list of people that he'll use. If God chooses to pick us, use us, call us, that is a privilege beyond words. So he was called in chapter 1 and verse 2. I think Jonah was called before already because he was already a prophet. But here God gave him some specifics for this call, and he said no. Again, there are some that would say that uh, he messed up. God will never use him again. He's through being a prophet. He's through being a preacher. He's done. He's over. He's finished. Again, look at chapter 3 and verse 2. Is God finished calling Jonah? Well, Jonah 3 and verse 2, uh, Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. Could I say secondly, if you're taking notes, we rejoice that God still calls Christians after. God's still in the business of calling people. And I know that some of the preacher brethren would say, well, God never can call someone like that, and they're, they're outside of the callability of God, whatever that is. There are some brethren that would say, you're no longer callable. You've disqualified yourself. Well, I'm sure glad didn't, uh, God didn't listen to that, because God, again, is calling Jonah after. I don't know what your past is. God has a great job that he'd like you to be a part of. Are you listening for that call? So first of all, we're glad, we rejoice that God still communicates to Christians after. And secondly, we rejoice that God still calls Christians after. Now, as soon as I say those things, some would say, well, no, there's some sins that God can't forgive. There's some people 
that think there are a list of unforgivable sins that will rule you out forever. Pastor, you don't believe that? No. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all. Notice that word, all. God doesn't have a little list of things if you or I do that he can no longer use us. Now, that's not to justify sin. But I think that any sin that someone does, first of all, it takes a repentant heart. Any sin. That's why it's if we confess our sins. But I think, not, I, I think that there's some sins that uh, they would take a repentant heart and they would also take time. I think sometimes a sin will set somebody on the back burner. You say, oh, preacher, they said, I'm sorry. Wonderful but some of them still take some time to prove yourself. Uh, I, I, at the moment, these names escape me, but there have been some televangelists. And some of these televangelists have gotten involved in immorality. And some of them, when they're caught in immorality, they give a very surface apology. And they think it's okay now to continue on in the ministry. I again say that I think that there are some sins that not only take a confession of that sin, it takes some time. It takes some time to prove that you are a different man, a different woman. But having said that, God hasn't ruled those people out from God ever using them. I think we need to be careful with that. And so again, the second thing I say is we rejoice that God still calls Christians after. Now again, you don't have to turn to it. I'm, I'm not trying to get you to turn to all. But you say, well, Pastor, how could God call somebody even after? And preacher, if God called Jonah before and he said no, how could God use him if he said no? If you're writing anything down, check it some other time. Romans chapter 11 and verse 29. Romans 11, verse 29 says, The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And, and, and I know that that chapter 11 is talking about the nation of Israel. And we know that God called the nation of Israel to be his chosen people that he would bless above all people. Well, we know in the latter part of the Old Testament that nation turned their back on God. So there are some that are teaching today that God is through forever with Israel. Israel can never be reinstated. They're teaching that. That is not true. The Bible says that one day God will once again turn to that nation and God will reinstate the nation. How could God do that? That's a good God. And so we've seen tonight, one, God still communicates to Christians after two, God still calls Christians after. The preacher, I still don't believe that. Well, aren't you glad, in spite of the fact that Moses killed a man, then buried him in the sand, God still used Moses to deliver that nation and lead them for 40 years. Uh, I, I think of David. David committed adultery and murder, and God still used David as the king. I, I think of uh, the Apostle Paul. Who would argue that God didn't use the Apostle Paul. Of course God did. Paul wrote half of our New Testament. You remember Paul's past? He arrested and persecuted Christians. 
It is good news that God still communicates with Christians after. God still calls Christians after. I give you a third thing. Look over there in Jonah chapter 3 and verse 2. Jonah chapter 3 and verse 2, Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. Now, I've already pointed this out, but chapter 3 and verse 2 matches exactly chapter 1 and verse 2. You say, well, preacher, you've made that obvious. What's the point? God asked of Jonah something in chapter 1 and verse 2, and Jonah said no. Well, it's not like it broke God's heart. God think, well, you know, if Jonah ever comes back, I'll just kind of make it easier on him. No. When Jonah came back, God still gave him the same commands that God gave before. Could I say this third, if you take notes? We rejoice that God is still consistent with Christians after. God's expectations before haven't changed. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's in Hebrews 13, verse 8. So if God asked something of you before and you turn on your heels and run the other way, when you finally come to the end of your running and turn back to God, God's not going to have some kind of a revised request. It's going to be the same thing. And all that wasted time, be it a week, be it a month, be it a year, be it 50 years of your life, when you and I finally come back and say, Lord, I'm tired of running, God is going to be consistent and what he asked of you before, he's going to ask of you again. But preacher, this is 2023. Society may change. God doesn't change. And so the third thing that we rejoice with is that God is still consistent with Christians after. And you know, from the point of time that someone disobeys God, all of those next hours, days, weeks, months, years, all of the effort of God is to get them to stop running and get them back. And once God gets them back, he says, guess what? Remember what I asked you before? That's the same thing I'm asking. I say to you, God is still consistent with Christians after. How many times will a man or a woman go to a preacher after they've fallen out of the church and grown cold toward the Word of God and they want the preacher to somehow say some magical words to to somehow erase all that lost time? There's no magical words. You just have to go back to where you said no to God and you have to say yes, God. There's no magic to that. Remember that man, I think Brother Crothers preached on him not too long ago where the man was with an axe chopping that tree and the axe head went flying off into that water and he quickly runs to the man of God and he says, what do I do? I have lost the axe head. Now the handle's not cutting much wood. And that prophet said, you need to go where you lost it and you need to find it there again. Pastor, I felt like the touch of God used to be in my life. And I feel I've lost it. Well, you're going to have to go back to the place that you lost it. And whether it's me or you where we have said no that to something that God has asked, we have to say, yes, God is consistent. Thank God for it. So the third thing is 
We rejoice that God is still consistent with Christians after. Uh, I, I give you a fourth thing, if, if I could. Uh, look there at Jonah chapter 3 and verse 2. You say, well, we've been there a lot. I know, isn't it great? Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. A four is going to sound like three. But we rejoice that God still commands Christians after. God still commands. God's still the boss. <laughs> God's, not, God's not someone down the street that you can negotiate with. Well, Lord, we don't really want this anymore. We'd like this. No, that's not God. God still commands after. And, and folks, we're, we're living in a time where people don't want bosses. They, they, they want to do what they want to do. And uh, they'll, they'll go as far as they want, and they'll draw a line, and they'll say, I'm not going any further. Not with God. You don't draw lines with God. And here God very clearly gave commands. And uh, preacher, do you really think that God could use someone like me? Absolutely. It would be interesting. Now think about this. Jonah's been in this whale three days and three nights. And, and we have read, or I have read, uh, some documentaries of those that were in whales and sharks for a period of time. When they finally came out, they looked like a horror story. I mean, uh, their skin was bleached because of the acids inside that fish. Uh, for many of them, their hair was gone. They just looked a mess. And yet God still said, I'm not worried what you look like. I, I want you to do what I bid you to do. So God commanded him. He could have said, Lord, look at me. <laughs> and yet God said, I'm not worried about that. I just need two willing hands and two willing feet and one willing mouth. I wonder if Jonah said, God, could you really use, look at Lord, me? God said, yes. I, I, many years ago, I think I told this story. There was the great missionary to China, Hudson Taylor. Many of you would recognize his name, but he was speaking. He was trying to... He was, he was trying to generate an interest in others to go to China. So he was preaching in Glasgow, Scotland. And at the conclusion of the service, a man came to the platform. He hobbled up on a wooden leg and a crutch. And he said to Hudson Taylor, God has called me to China. <laughs> Hudson Taylor looks at him up one, down side the other, and sees his wooden leg and the crutch. And he said, why, you can't go to China in that condition. And this man was awfully discouraged. So with a smile, he, he shook Hudson Taylor's hand and he bid him goodbye. Well, some months after Hudson Taylor was invited back to speak in the same city, and after the meeting, that same cripple appeared to speak to uh, Hudson Taylor again. And this man said, God has spoken to me and told me I must be a missionary to China. Hudson Taylor said, is that so? Uh, he said, uh, tell me, what did he say? <laughs> this crippled man said, he, he spoke to me from Isaiah 33, 23, the lame take the prey. That was a quote from that. Hudson Taylor looked at him. He did have a sense of humor. And he said, well, my good man, you are lame. And there is plenty of prey. I'm going to help you go to China. That man's name was John Stott. He sailed for China, and uh, when he went about hobbling on his wooden leg and helping himself along with a crutch, while he was on the boat going to China, 
Some who observed his physical handicap and knowing his intentions says, why are you going to China to be a missionary in that condition? How could you? And he said, well, he said, I don't see too many two-legged people going to China. So I'm going to go with one leg. And so when he reached his destination in China, the people there were afraid to let him into the city. They described him as a funny-looking creature, bushy hair, long nose, three legs. And they feared if they permitted him to come into the city, that legions of demons would come in with him. Little did they realize that just exactly the opposite would be the case. And so John Stott entered the city. He went to work going door to door, telling people about Jesus Christ. At some of the places where he went, people tried to slam the door in his face. So with his peg leg, he learned if he just put that leg in the doorway, they couldn't shut the door. You say, Pastor, why would a guy like that go to China? Because God commanded him. Because probably God commanded others, and they said, no. What's God commanded you? What's God asked you? Again, we're saying that Jonah, in spite of what he looked like, God will use any man, woman, young person, child that will obey God's command. And God cannot use any man, woman, teenager, child who will not obey God's command. It's not your talents. It's your obedience. It's not your beauty. It's your obedience. The truth is that nobody's ever been saved because of the way a minister looked, a witness looked. They got saved because some Christian was obedient to go tell what God commanded them to tell. I'll give you the last thing. Look there, if you would, in Jonah chapter 3. And finally, we get out of verse 2. Look at verse 3. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. Verse 4, and Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. You notice that there is not a word that is said about the long journey. From when Jonah said yes in chapter 3 and verse 2, until Jonah got to this place of Nineveh. All that is erased. There's no record of that. It didn't take just an hour to get from the Mediterranean to get to Nineveh. The best cross-reference on the amount of time that that could have taken from the time that Jonah said yes until Jonah got to Nineveh, the best cross-reference of that would be Ezra chapter 7 and verse 9. For Ezra made the journey from Babylon to Jerusalem. So Ezra did the different direction. It took him four months. So when Jonah said yes, I mean, no doubt he ran. <laughs> would, would that take three months? Or two months? Or one month? We do not find God recording any of that. Because to God, all that had been wasted time. Could I say this? Uh, if you'd write this fourth thing down, we rejoice 
that God still clears everything before a Christian's after. What I'm trying to say is, if it takes God two weeks to turn our plan around to obey his plan, if it takes God two months till we finally get on board, if it takes God two years, folks, all that's wasted time. Uh, you've all, we've all been on a detour where you have to exit the highway because there's some kind of an accident and, and you head down this road and 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 this road and, this road and, and it, it takes you an, an hour to get back to the highway and when you get back there you can see where you had to get all of that is wasted nothing was achieved in that all of that was lost time and you know what we learn in here is God didn't even record that wasted time. Uh, you know in our Bible, and, and some of you will have learned this in Institute, but in our Bible there's a 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, then there's a 1 Kings, 2 Kings, and then there's a 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles. There, there are six books in a row. And they are all records of uh, the lives of Saul and, and David and Solomon and the kings. And sometimes people say, well, preacher, what I read in First and Second Kings many times is the same thing I read in First and Second Chronicles. Why would God repeat the same stuff? You know, it's not the same repetition. When you read First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings, that's the record of what happened from man's perspective. So it's what man saw was happening. But you know, when you read 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles, that's the record of events from God's perspective. And there are examples where in 1 Kings, they take three chapters to write about an event. God takes only three verses. Because what's important to men sometimes means nothing to God. And so we can get so enamored with what achievements we are making in this life. And could I say, God up in heaven is say, because to God it doesn't mean anything. It's wasted time until we get back onto God's agenda. Again, I say we rejoice uh, incidentally, let me give you an example of that. You know, when you read the book of First and Second Kings, it has three chapters about Hezekiah's war and three verses about Hezekiah's revival. But when you get to the book of Chronicles, it has one chapter about his war and three chapters about his revival. God's far more interested in revival than victory in battles. Uh, when you look at David's sin in 2 Samuel chapter 11 and 12, 2 Samuel 11 and 12, it takes two chapters to record David's sin with Bathsheba. Do you know when you get over there in 2 Chronicles, it doesn't even mention that. What I'm saying is there's some things that we just get so enthralled with. God says it means nothing to me. I said that was the last one. Would you forgive me? I've got one more. The fifth one is we rejoice that God still clears everything before Christians after. I'll look there in Jonah 3 and verse 4. 
make it verse, yeah, verse 4. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days in Nineveh shall be overthrown. Verse 5, So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest them, even the least of them. Do you know, without a doubt, that has to be the greatest revival that is recorded in the Word of God. The city of Nineveh had to be a million people plus. God used Jonah, a man who had said no to God and ran from God and finally got right. God blessed a Jonah with the greatest recorded revival in all the Bible. Some people say, well, that's not fair. <laughs> that's not right. That's God. It, write this and we're done. We rejoice that God still crowns a Christian's labors after. Again, we rejoice that God still crowns a Christian's labors after. If you're on this side of saying, God, I'm not right, ready to do No, God, no. People are going to say, listen, Buster, you've just written yourself off of God using you. But you know, if you get to this other side and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. God can now crown your efforts and bless your work like you never imagined before. The difference is, are you on that side and still saying no to God? Or are you on this side and saying yes to God? Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jonah. Lord, we have looked at two chapters already where he's running away from God. But Lord, things have taken a turn for the better. In chapter 3, you begin to talk to him again. That's a blessing. You give them a call again. That's a blessing. You are consistent, saying the same thing you said before. You are still commanding him in his life. And Lord, you are crowning, you are blessing what he's doing. I am so glad that you're the God of a second chance. And Lord, that should cause every one of us to, to smile and say thank you, God. Lord, if someone here is still on the no side of this equation, still saying, God, no, well, Lord, there's... They have basically tied your hands in what, how you can bless in their life. Lord, if, if we're over on the yes side, it is beyond our wildest imagination what God could do. And I pray, Lord, that we'd all be on the yes side, that we would hear God speak, that we would say yes to what God asks. Lord, we've learned all of this from Jonah's after Lord, I pray that you'd help us to enjoy the blessings of God, even if it's after. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.